Peter. There's some interesting things Peter have to say to us about Jesus and souls. Verse 18, chapter 3, 1 Peter. For Christ also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also, no thought knows here, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. I'm going to give you a quick Bible study what prison is. In the 20th chapter of Revelation, go there. Praise God. Chapter 20 and verse 7 of Revelation. Verse 1 says, He was thrown in a pit. The devil was thrown into a pit. And then God described what the pit is. Call it in verse 7. What did he call it? Prison. So Jesus went down to that pit and preached to souls in prison. Which sometimes were disobedient and once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. So we know what the prison is. And we do believe and read that hell is called a prison. Now you know a prison, amen, is a place where you go there for crime, committed. Is that right? It says there, and these people came from the days of Noah. So all those people that did not obey Noah's witnessing and preaching and teaching, unfortunately, that's where they ended up, in prison. And Jesus died and went and talked to them. Now, that's amazing. People tell you when you die, nothing come of your body. You just go there and that's it. Well, my Bible says different. It says he went to prison and preached to some people down there. Now, he didn't preach Acts 2.38, or preach one God. I believe they knew that he came, and they knew he had the keys, and they wanted out. But what did he do? He preached to them. And they said, now, verse, all right, he said, Noah was saved by water. Eight souls. A lot of people died, perished. But only eight souls obeyed the preaching and the witnessing. The like figure whereunto even baptisms doth also now save us. Now on the radio they said it doesn't save you. But in the Bible it says save us. Not putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God, meaning if you obeyed God, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So we know where Jesus is. Verse 1, chapter 4. For then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind, for he that suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. That's plain. 
that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. I mean, after the cross, you're going to have some problems in life. But hang in there. Verse 3. For the time of our life may suffice us. I mean, you live beyond the cross. Have wrought the will of the Gentiles. We walk in lasciviousness. That's bad stuff. In the lust and excess of wine, reveling, banqueting, and abominable idolatries. We used to do those things. Where they think it strange that we run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. I mean, the party and others in the city think you're strange. Who shall give an account, these people give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Wow. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. Everybody who live on this earth had a chance to be saved. That they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. In other words, when they die, we said they're gone. But God said, no, they're alive to me as you in your flesh. They're not dead. They're somewhere. We know where they are, in heaven or in the pits. Amen. All right? Listen to this. But the end of all things is at hand. But ye theref- be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. That's saying a whole lot. You know what that's saying? Don't retaliate against each other. Forgive one another and cover up their faults. That's what it means. God don't want you folks to be fussing among yourselves. When you do it, you're going to sin. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. That's pretty plain. You're going to be charitable to each other. Be hospitable. Otherwise, you're back in the flesh. All right? And every man that hath received the gift, even as so minister the same one to another. It's again, we minister to each other. It says you, you receive a gift. The gift was given to you to bless the person who's your brother and your sister. Anything different, you don't belong to the cross. You belong to something else. It says, as God, as good stewards, of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Speak as the oracle of God. Now, speak for God. Don't speak your temper. Don't speak your anger. Don't speak your wrath. Don't speak your grudge. God is against grudging. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God Give us. God give us ability to function, right? He says right here. That God in all things might be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and forever. Amen. Are you with me? The rest of it you should read it. Lord bless your word. As always.
we give you the praise. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about evangelism and how to perform this thing. First of all, the charity of the saints must first begin in the house of God. If you cannot charitably reach each other, you cannot reach somebody for God outside. The ministry start inward and work outward. Not the next way around. You got to work inward and outward. Outward. That's what God taught Israel, what Paul is teaching us. And the word hospitable means hospital. You know, go to hospital folk, sick folks. God says, treat your sick people among you with kindness and niceness. The word hospitable means you hospitalize them in your mind, in your soul. Amen. Some folks don't realize what evangelism means. All right? I'm going to talk to you tonight about it. And God says, it's a gift I give you. I give you a gift the world don't have. The world cannot minister to themselves. The world is hostile, very volatile towards each other. And they don't trust each other, and they don't love each other, and they hate each other, and they're bringing on this world perilous times. Now, the God says, when you speak, you don't speak your mind, you speak as the oracle of God. In other words, the words coming out of you is not anger or wrath or, or, or the simulation. You're speaking because God is talking through you. God. He said, let charity cover multitude of sin. In other words, I'm going to be charitable to your failures. I'm going to be kind to you. Because you see, you're going to practice on the saints on the inside. Because when you go outside, you're going to be a whole lot more hostile. In the church, you're dealing with sheep. Out there, you're dealing with scorpions, snakes, and serpents. And the only defense you're going to have against them is wisdom. God's not giving you any tool to destroy anybody. You're not going to leave here and go out there and destroy any soul. Because that's not your ministry. Your ministry is not one of condemnation. Your ministry is one of commendation. You are to reconcile hostile people to a loving God. And you learn reconciliation first among yourselves. If you can't win your sister and your brother, you cannot win a soul. It's impossible. Might as well forget it. You can't do it. Because if you can't win those that are less hostile, how are you going to win those that are hostile to you? Amen. And you know, Bible said, if you can't love who you see, you sure can't love who you don't see. And the person you see every day is a sister and your brother till you get sick and tired of seeing them. But they're there right before you night and day because that's all there is in the kingdom of God. Now, I don't hear no amens out there. I think I'm putting some sensitive nerves in your skin right there. But I'm telling you, anyhow, you can't win anybody if you can't win your brother and your sister to you. Amen. Now, there are three kind of people in the church world. When I say the church world, I mean the corporate body. Not just in Fort McMurray, but around the world. There are people in it ministering because they're hired. There are people in the work of God because 
their idol. And their people in the work of God do nothing but good as volunteers. Volunteers, idle, or hired. No, I'm not here to, to throw a steer at anybody or any person. I'm just telling you how it is. Hired, idle, or volunteers around the world. All right? And so they all behave differently. And the Lord gave the story about some people that he met. He said, the Lord gave a parable. He went out in the field and saw some guys. He said, okay, you can be used for God in the ministry and, and servitude and stewardship. And you can accomplish things for the Lord. And they said, okay, we will, but for a penny a day. They told him what they wanted, a penny a day. And they said, fine. He said, okay, go work. They went out there and they worked for God. Great job. Did a good job. And then he came by and saw some people out there. They're idle. Now these idlers could have volunteered. They could have volunteered. They could have volunteered. If nobody hired them, they could have volunteered till they get hired. But they didn't. They said they're idle. said, well, don't blame me. I'm not doing anything. Nobody asked me to do anything, so I did nothing. In other words, it's not my fault that I'm not involved. They just didn't include me, so I, I chose to sit on the, on the side corner. They didn't call my name. They, know they got their clicks and they used what they wanted to, but they left me out of the picture. You understand that? That's why I'm not involved. So I jump in my car and I go home. Some folks are like that. They're in the churches. You know them. I know them. God knows them. The devil knows them. And they know themselves too. That's how they are. <laughs> and then the Lord says, All right, since you want, uh, you want somebody to tell you what to do, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you by name and say, Go on, go work for me. And I'll give you what I feel like when you come back. So they were waiting to be told. Some are not waiting. And they got those who volunteer, you know. I want to go. Not because you asked me, I just want to go. I want to do what I can for your kingdom. And God, but those three people existed. And they are in the kingdom of God today. They are. Not everybody going to put their, their soul to the burden of the need of the church. It's just not going to happen. If you ever have a church where there's 100% cooperation, that church is blessed. You know, when people come to a leadership position, I say, now you can't handle this because this is not the world because you can't get mad at people who won't volunteer. You can't tell off people who don't do what you think they should be doing. You just can't do it because there are three kind of people in the church. The hired, the idle, the volunteer. Which one they chose to be. And they chose to be what they want to be. Now, they're in the church. It's not your job to drive them out either. It's not your job to go there and do an assessment on them or talk about them. Why waste your time talking about them when you can do something for God? Now, David, you know, it's amazing the difference between David and Saul. Saul, I'm sure he saw the ark where it was. He saw it, and he did nothing about it. He just didn't. <laughs> there. And David saw it and said, that's not right. And he volunteered to do it. And then when he's bringing it home, you think he'd be pat on the back for doing it. No. His wife criticized him. Oh, glorious 
What a fool you were. You act stupid. I told him off. They said, just a minute. Hey, I, I'm your father's son-in-law, but you know what? God trashed him and took me and put me in his place because I volunteered. Your dad wouldn't do nothing. So, David was loved by God and much more preferred about Saul on that basis. So, I've learned by experience, I don't worry about those who are, you know, I used to travel before and, and, and see churches. I've seen talented people, you know, people that are talented. And I, I didn't know this happened in Pentecost. I didn't know it happened because at least in the Caribbean it just don't happen. At least maybe it's around me now. You know, guys shift from church to church. One church called and said, I'll pay you a higher wage to play the music, a higher wage to play the bass guitar. And I'm not condemning it, but they do it. They do it. Or they hire them for to be a, a youth pastor. They hire them to be this. And they're all hired in on that. So they go around in circles like that. And I thought, well, that's really a revival. My God, they're doing great. Those people are stick with it. But I thought, no, they're paid with it. <laughs> they're paid positions. And this guy called them up, and they're gone next time. And, and it does happen. You'd be surprised. It just blew my mind. And then I realized now all those who volunteered, God bless their heart. You're few and far between. You're wonderful. Bless of the Lord. And it must be something in the Lord why you do this thing. Now, that's not a snare on a, uh, on a profession. You know, you got, you got, you got uh, people who are professional soldiers, and there are people who are volunteer soldiers. And so that's how it is. But the Bible says that we have ministry, right? If we speak, we speak as the oracle of God. By the manifold grace given to us, God gave it to us. And then we do these things because we know one day the people we live amongst, one day are either going to end up in the pits or the palace. Like it or not, the people in Fort Murray, where you and I live, are going to end up in the pit or the palace. Depends on how they respond to the gospel. Or, depends on how much we work for God and give them a chance. Right? Now, to, to evangelize, there's a word they're called angel. Write that word out, evangelize or evangelism, and see the word in their angel. An angel is a messenger of God. A powerful person. When God says, Evan, you know, an evangelist, do the work of an evangelist. He didn't say you're an evangelist. He said, do the work of an evangelist. I can do carpentry, but I'm not a carpenter. I, you know, I could do a lot of stuff, you know, but I'm not a physician. I'm not a what, but I can do the work thereof. Amen. So, we're doing the work of an angel. We're messengers. And we're called upon by God, number one, to witness. The word witness simply means I'm called upon to give of my experience of what goes on in the kingdom. Number two, I'm called to teach. Go teach. Go teach. Not pastor, you said that. God said, go teach. In other words, go teach what you were taught. We got people, you know, passing it, give them this book. Give them this book. Give them this book. And all they're doing is stockpiling the book, but never read any of them. Those book collectors. But really, the smart person 
is a person they don't want a second book theory of the first book and then they go and practice what's in that book and so it says go teach go teach what you have been taught and express yourself as a workman that need not be ashamed of the assessment right it says now number three go amen and win those without the word we don't always have to talk on the job about Jesus. We can live the life for Jesus. And people can take knowledge of us that we are different, that we have been with Jesus, and that we have an experience that worth talking about. And they're going to ask us about it because the way we conduct ourselves. The best way to teach holiness is by living it. Living it. Now, the brother said the other day that people who believe have no problem living with life. It's when there's no uh, acquiescence, when there's no acceptance, then it becomes a resistance and a problem and, and a ploy. But, you know, great peace have they love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. The, the unoffendable are people that love his laws. And see nothing wrong with the demand of God. I don't question what God demands. All right? Now, the unhealthy are the sick people that need our help. They're sick on many different levels. I don't need to mention them. Or there are people in prison. There are many forms of prison. Guys in the streets are in prison. Guys in incarceration are in prison. But they are bound. And... Then there are those who are hungry. Starved. Starved. For there's a famine in the land for the word of God. And so that's, that's the world condition today. Our world is sick, imprisoned, and hungry. But it's not our job to go preach to the choir to tell them that they're hungry and they're sick. Our job is to heal the sick. Release the prisoners. Feed the hunger. My job is not to curse the dark. God don't give me a sermon to curse sinners. God didn't send me to execute them. No. He said the world's already condemned. So I don't need to do what's already done. My job is to lift the burden and bring them off. So, when I say evangelize, it means go and take the good news. Here's what's important now. If my wife was going to face an alligator today, and I bring the news tomorrow... That is no longer good news because it's too late. It's good news if it helps. But if you, if you bring it late, it's not good news. All right? And so the good news is a good report. Many times we fail to talk about to the sick and the, and the imprisoned and the hungered how God have an abundance of supply for them. And we fail to meet the need. Jesus Christ always fed the stomach first before he fed the heart. He always does. He gives them loaves and fishes, right? Amen. And feed their, and they feed their, their mind. Because a hungry man is an angry man. And so, Jesus Christ knows that. But look at the terminology God used towards us, describing us. And most of us don't think of ourselves in those, in those parameters, but that's how God sees us. God called us by these names at different times. And they have different 
uh, job accountability and functions when he called you those things. Fishers of men. In other words, in the sea of humanity, I want you to go fish. Sometime with a net, sometime with a proper hook. And, you know, and a, a fisherman with, a, you know, with an angle knows that not every fish is caught the same way. It's that different bait. That's why it says, it is wise when the soul. You don't win everybody the same way. We're fishers of men. Then he calls also the good seed that reproduce fruit. We are reproductive, right? Seed time brings harvest in the end. They said, now we're also ambassadors, meaning we, we are representative of a kingdom. He said, we are soldiers. That means in the spiritual war, not after the flesh, but after another higher level. We war for souls. We try to pull souls out of the mouth of the lion or the, the leopard that watches over them to steal their hearts and kill them or, right, or the alligator to consume them. We are witnesses because we have evidence that can release that individual. And we must do something with that knowledge we have. We also call servants. That means we are supposed to wait on those we're trying to reach. If you are a servant, you're supposed to wait on. Have you been waited on? What does that mean? We're waiting on you to make up your mind. Tell us what you want, we're going to get it for you. And I'm waiting on you. We're supposed to wait on individuals. All right? As a wise steward, a steward is somebody who is accountable for the resource or the time or the opportunity that God gave you to give service. You are accountable and to give an account for what you are doing or the time frame I gave you, God says. All right? So that's why God calls stewards. Then God says, we are vessels. Vessels mean he's proud that we are who we are. So he put his name on us and he poured into us that we may pour into others. God didn't give it to me just to make me look good. Amen. All right? Then God talked about us as having ministry. What is a ministry? You know, everybody that I know of today, think of a ministry as this pulpit. This is the least of the work of God. This right here I'm talking to you right now is the least of the work of God. The greatest part is off the pulpit. Off the pulpit. Amen. Have you ever seen Jesus Christ behind a pulpit anywhere in the Bible? He's never behind a pulpit. You know where his pulpit was? Street everywhere people were. Where you and I were is where he was. But everybody wants, it's a pastor, I want to work for God. And all they mean is, I want to come down the pulpit. What for? You want to preach to the converted? That has no value, except if you're ordained to do that. But there's a, there's a ministry. Ministry means you are in the administration. You want to administer performance that make a difference in the life of those who have need. Remember now, the three kind of people, the hired, the idle, and the volunteers. You choose one you want to be. Some will work for God if there's something in there. What will I get if I fight Goliath? David says, I don't need that kind of talk. The cause of what I'm doing it for. But if that's what it takes, I'll pay you for it. Go ahead. Let's do it. Just get the job done. 
Alright? God calls a candle, meaning our, we are not supposed to hide. A candle means you are supposed to, listen to me now, you're supposed to not curse the dark, but turn on the light. Be a world changer. God calls you the salt. Why is he calling you the salt? All these metaphors are talking about our dispensational ministry. Wherever you are, you're going to become one or all of these at different times as the Holy Spirit move upon you and God moving into direction and departments and locations and among families and people. Then today God said, be a salt! What does that mean? They're cussing and carrying on and I'm in their midst and I'm not doing that. What I am? A salt. I make the environment salty. You notice, I'm not cursing. You notice me reading my Bible. You notice me, my, my demeanor is different. What have I just done? Oh, I'm sorry I cursed that word. I didn't say the word. But they're apologizing. Because I am changing my environment without hostility. By being a salt. And Jesus said, when the salt lose that savory, what happened? You can all turn around, please. When the salt loses savory, what happened? What happened? When the salt loses savory, what happened? It's no good. Praise God. All right? Amen. That's good parenting. All right. Next thing you know, also is the light. If the light goes out, then what happened? You're a part of the darkness. Is that right? So, evangelism... Is it necessary? What I just read, if Noah didn't preach, those eight souls or seven souls would not have been saved. They would have been part of the pit ministry. But thank God they were in the palace. 120 years. That's all he got for his effort. 120 years preaching. All he had for his ministry was eight souls. But those eight souls eight that did not end up in the pits to them it make a world of difference and so we can't despise small beginning we can't despise who God leads us to we can't despise what God has access us to some people are in the palace witnessing amen like Daniel and some like you know Ezekiel by the seaside witnessing and some in the horrible pits of despair like Jeremiah but they're all working for God and they're going to meet one day around when God called them home Amen now in 1 Peter 2 9 onwards they talk about we are a royal generation a royal priesthood and all those all those descriptives are talking about who we really are and we're just so for his praise McMurray, I don't care how bad McMurray is, that's not the answer. The question is, how available are we for McMurray? The darker the light, the darkness, the brighter the light. The more corrupt our city, the more taste of the salt. We have no business to condemn McMurray, our city. We have no business to condemn anybody. Our job is not one of condemnation. Our job is commending people to Christ. In other words, 
We have got to evangelism means to be ready. I'm ready for service. Lowly or great, popular or unpopular, known or unknown, I'm going to do it. Because his eyes watches over me. I'm available for God. When you will see each other, we should know and believe that you are involved in evangelism. When God said, I want to be an evangelist, so, okay, what does evangelism mean? Oh, I, I believe in evangelism. And he began to describe what I do here. I said, so no, no, that's not evangelism. What I'm doing here, when you come here, I'm not evangelizing you. I'm, I'm trying to equip you to go evangelize. <laughs> this is an equipping meeting. It's not, it's not for evangelism. I'm not evangelizing you. I'd like to believe you already belong to Jesus. I'm trying to equip you to be an evangelist for Christ. That's what it's for. Preaching is for sinners. You don't preach to saints. You, you preach to sinners. God chose by preaching to save the lost. And chose by teaching to empower the saved. To do the work and the ministry that he called them to. So you got to be ready for service. Lowly or great. Alright? Now we see some examples in the scripture that we can't deny. Paul and others said, we went from house to house. The other time they said, we kept back nothing that was profitable to you. In other words, we didn't tell you everything we know. But whatever we felt was profitable for you at this point that we're talking, I'm going to talk to you about it. There's some things I'm not going to talk to you about right now. Even though you want to talk about it, I'm not going to talk about it. Because for you it's not profitable. You can't bear it now. But I'm going to talk about the level you're at, the need that you have. All right? And so Paul said, I'm free from the blood of all men. And the only way he could say that is if he was saying, I kept back nothing that was profitable for your prospect of salvation. I was honest with you. I talked to you. I showed you the door. I showed you the way of salvation. I pointed the way to you. And I did my part. I'm not responsible for your, your end result. But I'm responsible for what I tell you. He said, look, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. What I told you is the whole counsel of God was real, genuine. I didn't shortchange you. He said, look, and I did it publicly. I didn't hide and do it. It was publicly done. I've shown you publicly all things. And I said, look, uh, I'm free from the blood of all men. I no blood on my hand. Amen. And so he's saying, I, I've also felt the need and a call. Come over here and help us. Gathering a shirt that God trying to use my life and my ministry. So I prayed and God said, yes, go help that person. I went over there. You know, you know, jump. Because thought comes to mind, don't jump and do it. Oh, no. You're not smart. Check it out. Mr. God. There are some places the apostles want to go, and the Lord says, don't go. And all the places God says, go. And when they went, the reception was not very nice. <laughs> they got whipped. <laughs> but it was still God's will. Amen. All right? The reception you get is not your responsibility. You, you just go there and be there and do what God says. And make sure God says it. Because when you, when you have his word, you can stand on it. If I live on it, if I perish, I perish. But I know I heard from God. And that's what they did. 
in, in the book of Acts, Paul and, and, and Barnabas and, and Niger, they, 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 a word came to them from the Lord, and they said they gathered assuredly that God had called them to do this. See, God called them. Philip, you know, didn't just run to the desert. He's not that dumb. <laughs> he must have said, well, God, you sure you called me to go there? I said, yep, go there. Where did I go, God? I said, run. And so he ran. And he went, and we see the fruit to confirm that God did send him. Cornelius, God did send him. But why God talking to Cornelius, he's talking to Peter too. In other words, why God is sending you to somebody, he's working at both ends of the candles. <laughs> and he brought the two together. And there's no mistake. There's no mistake. You're not responsible for their response to you. But you're, you're responsible for going and delivering. You don't apologize for God. You deliver and say, okay, that's what Scripture says. That's it. And so the angel, he says, go in all the world, in all the world. Some folks say, what are you doing among those people? Well, if God sent me among a bunch of drunks, he will keep me from getting drunk myself. Yes. I went to pray for a lady one time, and God said, put his clothes on. God said, she got AIDS, and she's dying from it. They didn't tell me that. God said, she's got AIDS, she's dying from it. Right? A very contagious situation. But I can't say I'm scared. Now, if God didn't ask me to go, I wouldn't go. I, I got coverage. I got covering from the Lord. So I go. And the Lord let me know if he healed her, she'd go right back to her whole ways. So he wasn't going to heal her. And I knew she was going to die. So he wasn't going to heal her because she's going right back to her old ways. And God will not heal them to go back in sin. And yet some people, it happened to them. They got healed and go back in sin. They got the job that they prayed for, and they don't, you don't see them anymore. They want to get pregnant. They got pregnant. Never see them again. They're gone. They got the baby. They got what they want from God. They're gone. They're not faithful. They're disloyal to him. But that's not your job to condemn them. They will give an account. Oh, don't think God forgets. Keep good bookkeeping. <laughs> good bookkeeping record, my friend. When the books are open, they'll have to answer for that account. All right? So it is an angel. When I spend the word evangelize or evangelism, I see the word their angel. A-N-G-E-L. Can you see the guy? An angel, right? And my job, James says, I got different method of reaching people. He says, some need your compassion. In some way of saying they need your compassion. James says that. Do it with compassion. And some people need the fear of God. And others need to grab them by the hand and pull them out of the fire. Now, I can't improve on that. That's God's method. Now, which one should I use? I don't know which one. Until I'm faced with the situation. Hello? When I said to make Mary, I said, man, tell me everything I need to know. He said, I can't. Go there and find it for yourself. So I went there. It's all unfolding. God said, do this, do that, do this, do this, do this. And they work. Go learn this, go learn this, go learn that. You know what? I knew nothing. <laughs> so God said, you're going to learn the job, boy. And that's how I learned. And I found out it works. It worked. If it didn't work, I would not be here today. This would not be here. But God confirmed by materializing what he spiritualized in our mind. Now, the skeptics didn't bother me because I don't hurt from God. Christians didn't bother me. 
A lot of people are stupid, foolish, and crazy, and all that stuff. I ignore them. I just ah. talk all you want to talk is cheap. <laughs> I know my God. I knew God, so it didn't bother me. It still don't bother me. Because they're not, amen, in control. All right? We're pushing on the fire, but the ultimate goal is pull them from the powers of Satan and turn to the powers of God. Nobody's unreachable. Nobody is inconvertible. Nobody is so wicked God can't save them. And their lives begin at the cross. At the cross. That's why you're going to sin no more. Alright? So, the pulpit keep people out of the precipice. I think you heard that. The pulpit keep people out of the precipice. God gave me a scripture the other day. There were some people that called me. And so God said, I read the scripture. And I read the scripture. And God was describing them to me from his word. And when I first read, God said, that's how they are to me. That's how God talked to me, by his word. It's safe. God said, that's how they are. That's why they are the way things are happening to them. It's not my problem. It's their problem. And this is how they are. This is how they're going. Now, if I tell them that, they won't believe me. But that's okay. They don't have to believe me. But God's telling me how they are and what they're doing and why they are the way they, go, the way they are and why things are done the way it is. God has an answer. And God's got to give us direction so we know where we're going. All right? Turn from the powers of Satan to the powers of God. You know, my friend, good friend, one go with, go with him to, uh, to, to uh, some foreign country. I said, oh, no. He's begging me all. I said, no, 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 no. I said, God didn't send me. Ain't going. No, no, no. I won't tell you where else. I'm not going. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I don't feel him. I don't feel God him to go. Well, other times we went places together, and I felt that cold. And it was profitable. When I went, I had no fear. I had success. It was good. But I felt, no. Because I've learned. If God don't send me, I ain't going. I'm not not seeking pulpit or to be known just to go. No way. I ain't going. Because Moses said, if God, if you're not in it, I don't want to be a part of it. I want coverage. I want coverage. Live or dead, I want to be covered by Jesus Christ. All right? It's The pulpit is for the equipping of the saints. And the saints' job is to turn sinners to saints. When you bring someone to, for me to preach to on Sunday morning or whatever you bring them to time, it's not me that went to God, it's you. All I'm doing is harvesting the seed that you've sown. That's amazing. Your mass conversion that pastor said, I'm not stupid to believe when I visit a man's church and folks get saved. I said, well, because I say they got the Holy Ghost. Nonsense. It has nothing to do with them getting the Holy Ghost. I was in some place preaching before I started preaching. The Holy Ghost falls out. Didn't come by me. No. It's the harvesting of that church effort. I'm just helping them pulling the net in. So I don't. I can't claim it as mine. I had nothing to do with it except just to help them pull the net in. That's the truth. And when somebody come and get baptized, I probably don't even know them. But somebody was talking to them. Somebody was as evangelized their life. 
Somebody invested in them. Somebody worked their hearts in them. Amen. Now, we got some guys. I can tell you this. They're a bunch of stealers. They, they steal sheep. We have them in Pentecostal. They steal sheep. They, they just told the babies. They steal babies. Folks do that. They don't plant nothing and steal everything. That's sad. That's not growth. That's hijacking. <laughs> All right? All right? Now, it's easy for a new convert to be deceived because a newborn baby does not know mommy and daddy. Do you know that? A newborn baby don't know the breast they're from mommy's breast from a stranger's breast. Anybody can feed a newborn baby. That's why they come in and they go next door. So they steal them if you don't protect them. You're going to build a thing around them so they don't get destroyed. That's part of evangelizing. You just call it retention. You retain them. They're born, but they're, but they're susceptible to being killed. And you, have to, you have to form a circle around them. And that's the church's job, to form a circle around a new convert that they're not eaten by predators. Now, sometimes pastors see a thing and don't say a word. Because God says, shut your mouth. Let me test my people and see where they are. Now, watch it again. Do a thing about it. Watch them get beaten up and taken off. God says, let's see what happens. All right. Evangelism is to save them that are lost at all costs. There are two types of lost conditions. One is in the house, the family of God will lose people. Every church can tell you if we kept all that we brought in, no church would be big enough to hold anybody. Hundreds and hundreds. Everywhere I've been, same story. Hundreds. Because you see, our, we have this in our midst. Sometimes we lose people as sheep. They got led astray by somebody else, our goat. Or they get out of the shepherd, forget his voice, and go off in a tangent. Only the fool can keep them in. Are the lost son rebellious, cantankerous, <laughs> just have his own will? Give me my part, and I'm leaving. <laughs> and take off with his, you know, pop their guitar up and walk off, <laughs> and to go off, rob the church of their talents, and go off in some far country, get drunk, religiously or socially, whatever, and they get lost. They can't come back. They're too ashamed to come back, and they won't come back. Some won't come back. Some do come back. And they got those who lost the lost silver piece. They, they, you know, they're, they're out of circulation. They're not involved in the things of God. They're lost. It's in the house, right on the pews. They're not involved in ministries. Not involved in winning souls. Altar work. Now, I got to teach this church how to work, work at the altar. I watched you at the altar for the last 20 odd years, and nobody has learned anything I've taught them about the altar working. I watch you guys, just watch people. I thought, my God, yep, Pastor just finished preaching, and they expect me to go down there and work my my stomach got on this doctor. Watch about this. And I thought that they was an immature saint. Doesn't matter how long they've been in church; they're still immature. They need help. <laughs> so instead of me helping the the, the sinner, I got to help the saint to help the sinner. Can you imagine? You're in the OR, and that nurse. Don't know what the next move should be. 
It happens. This church does not know how to pray at the altar. Very few of you know how. I watched it. You just don't know how. Even though we teach it. You just haven't watched people on their own. You didn't know what to say to them. But you learn by practicing what's given to you. You learn by putting the practice. Well, you're taught. It's not going to happen suddenly. You got to recognize your place. You know, Aaron had some priests down there. Some, some at the gate, some at the altar, some at the brazen, some at the door, some everywhere, standing everywhere, but just looking around like this, hands in the pocket, talking in tongues. Well, you know, you're blessed, but they're not blessed. <laughs> I'm not putting you down. I'm trying to tell you where you are. You should pray, God, help me to be an altar worker. Help me to know how to pray. That's why I teach. When I'm teaching service like this, I don't want anybody anywhere else but in this pew. In your pew. You should be in your pew. Don't do anything else. Don't go, don't do books. Don't go do tapes. Sit right here because you need to hear the word of God. Amen. You know why? God wants to bring a hold of you. Amen. You should know how to pray, pray to people and get the spirit of the, of the preacher. Amen. All right. Type 2. Of, of lost people is in the 19th chapter in verse 10 if the gospel is hid it said to them that are what lost amen Christ said I come to save them that are lost the whole person of this church is not a fellowship of women and men some folks think we're here to find friends maybe so but not so you're here because it's a sanctuary. A sanctuary is a place for endangered species. The endangered species is mankind. And when you bring a person in, you bring them in from the safety of Satan. Now they're in God's dominion. You can't touch them. And we should have enough power here to touch them. Their spirit should overpower us. We should overpower their spirit. And so... The gospel is to save them that are lost. So they're either lost because the gospel is hid from them, alone, or in the church, membership are lost because they're the lost sheep, the lost son, the lost silver, and they're all treated differently. Those lost in the house, we need a house searching. Get the light back in the house. We allow darkness to, to, that they die in the darkness. We lose our kids on the pews. They're watching dirty books, watching dirty movies, and we can't pick it up. Now I'm going to tell you this, folks. If you do this, you live to regret it. If somebody got a burden for your sons and daughters, and you tell them off, you did God injustice, and what you've done, you've opened the door for the devil. God can give others a burden for your kid. You must receive it. Amen. I didn't say to the parents your kid. I said, I'm a burden for your kid. Man, if I was a kid, I'd hug him and say, thank God you're praying for my kid. I love you to death. Can I buy some whatever? I need all the reinforcement I want. I can get to for my kid. Because you may be so close to the problem... You can't see your kids' sins. You can't see your sins' wrongdoing. 
Are you pet petted? You know, Eli made a terrible mistake. He pet his boy's sin. He knew what they were sinning. And he pet he petted it and wouldn't deal with it. And God said, Okay, I will. God killed them both. And the parents too. God killed the parents too. I don't know if the the, mom, the wife died, but I know the father died. God said, You should have you should have whipped those boys. He didn't. And those boys turn around and rape my girls. And I'm going to hurt them now. I'm going to kill them both all at the same time with the dad. See, one sin leads to another sin. Now, the world says you can't spank you guys. Now, I, you, you choose you're going to obey the world or the Bible. I know one boy in this church. We grew up together, his, his foster and I, his father, was now pastoring from the same church. And the boy called security on his parents. And the parents took the boy away because the father and the mom discovered he had under his bed dirty pornographic magazines, reading them, and, you know, and had them from his parents. And because good parents, they searched the boy's belongings and found out that he's doing wrong stuff and, and, and chastised him over it. Well, the school gave him a number to call, which he did call. And they came in there and ran him out of the house and took him to our house and give him all the TV he wanted, all the movie he wanted, all the drugs he wanted. But you know how he died? With AIDS, HIV. And when he called his dad before he died, he said, Dad, 20 years later, Dad, you know who this is? No, it's your son. Oh, where are you at? Next few days he was dead. I'm dead in the street. You want to go there? You can end up there if you want to. Yeah, think about it. Kids don't realize when they've got good parents. They think that your kindness is permissiveness. And they abused it. Well, you know, I'm going to teach about suicide in some areas in Alberta. I've got my material all ready to go. I'm prepared to spend five days there. Too many kids are dying. Too many kids are dying in that area. One more died this week. Himself, and if you got mom and dad will pray for you and care for you, they didn't give you that gift and money to spend on the devil. One boy said to his dad, Dad, too much church, I don't want to go to church anymore. And the father says, Son, sit down. You see this car right here? See this house right here? You know how I got it? Living for God. You're asking me to reverse all this. And take you to Skid Row, like the rest of the people you know out there. Is that what you want? Well, you can have it, but have it without me, boy. You told me some very places. You know where this came from? God. God gave this. The shoes you're wearing, the clothes you're wearing. I could have been a drunk. I could have been a dopehead. You could have lived with a, a, a rotten mom and dad, but you got someone who loved God. You should respect that. And thank God you got somebody who's caring for you. But you know, hey, lost son got cocky and haughty. Government took him away and destroyed him. I could hold out more. It happened in this church several times. Some committed murder from this church. Some gangs almost got killed. And in every case, 
government stepped in there and pulled those kids out. They want to do what they want to do. Oh, I watch dirty movies. I want to do this. The government said, I'll make you do it, boy. Your parents are a bunch of nonsense. Well, go ahead. You can sleep in a bed of kindness or a bed of prison. There's bugs and chinks and cockroaches. <laughs> a dunk tank. You want to go there? Thank God for a house to be in. Lost son. He got to come back on his own. A boy got to make up his mind and go confess and says, Mommy and Daddy, I've sinned against God in heaven. I'm not worthy to be called your son. I've done so much wrong. Forgive me. You know, he never went back to it. If you really repent, you won't go back to that wicked ways. The boy didn't go back to it. He changed his ways. The lost sheep, pick it up, couldn't find his way back, so he brought it back home. It's nice when the saints can restore a brother or sister who have fallen. God said you covered a multitude of sin. Amen. 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 Lots of times the saints are people think I'm stupid. I'm not stupid. But it's my job to go as far as I can to help. But nobody can say, well, refuse failed me. No man care for my soul. Amen. And be careful where you take your girls. Be careful you don't have two standard of dress code in church. Those kids see that. They ain't saying nothing, but they know. They know the pastor teaches and what you live. Hallelujah. And you see, I'm not throwing stone at anybody. I'm just trying to tell people. But that's evangelizing. Now, you know, I wish today were, but I'm going to tell you, don't do it. I wish today we could, we could correct each other, but... In this church, if we did it, I lost a lot of saints that way. One saint trying to correct another saint, and boy, my friend, the fingers comes out, the claws are out. Don't do it. Leave them alone. Let's pray for them. Let the pastor deal with them. He's not blind. The pastor is not blind. But God's time on your is not the same. And don't go lose your soul because they lose their soul. Well, the pastor let him off so he can let me off to who's thinking. Don't do that. No. No. You don't know what God is doing. All right? We got the subject before I lose all of you. It was amen. Let's worship God. Every one of us, every one of us needs somebody. You know, I have a, I, I have a situation in my life and uh that I'm a preacher, and I and I and I get thoughts come to my mind how to deal with it in my life. You know, I call preachers up. Preachers I know are stable, living for God, doing what's right, and I ask them honestly and with all my heart. Now I know the answer I have, but I want it to be confirmed by the Word of the Lord, because I'm not the answer for all things. The last thing I want, Jesus Christ said to me, You're a lying prophet. You deceive my people. Oh, no, he didn't tell me that. Because I'm not going to do it. Amen. And people won't force me into any position either. I don't, I don't believe it's right. Well, it's not going to go there. I don't care who they are. All right? Now, let me show you some stuff, folks. Uh, that's about truth. Fruitful Christian. Look at that.
Now, I ask God about the situation. Why do religion not? They got thousands and thousands filled, and we we struggle with one soul. God says, "I taught you in my word about the parable, the wide gate, huh? Wide gate and the straight gate, right? The narrow way and the broad way. Which one do you want? You want that? Go ahead, have it." I'm going to do it my way. All right? Now, we don't glory in smallness. But littleness does not mean uselessness. Church, you will never know how blessed you and I are until the day come when you stand before God. Then you're going to realize if you've wasted your time sitting on these pews. Obviously, you can't change it. That's why it's important that you have the Bible to read also. You can read. You're not dumb. You can read for yourself. Amen. Now, I know people pick churches of their choice, and they pick a church that suits them. But God sets sinners where he wants them to be saved. Now, they may get up and leave and go where they feel like, and you can't do a thing about it, but at least you know you should be there for them if they need God. All right? John 15 and Isaiah 5 are companion scriptures. I won't go into it right now, but John 15, talk about the fruit-bearing Christians and the non-fruit-bearing Christians. Isaiah chapter 5, describe exactly what it means. Very plainly. I believe John 15 says, we must bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and fruit that remain. It's important to God that the people that come in this church and get saved remain in this church. Now, I'm going to tell you, friend, there are men that will try to pull them away. And many have done that. I've been through that as an experience. I have experienced men try to pull me. But I was determined they will not pull me. Number one, they couldn't advise me. They couldn't give me a word from, from their Lord. I didn't listen to them. If my pastor didn't talk to me, I'd never hear from God. I didn't care who they were. No saint, no prophet, no preacher, nobody give me a word from God. I would not take it. They can talk, I'll listen, but I'm not going to act on it. No way. I want it from Him. I want to say, God, pin it on Him. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Commendations versus condemnation. Now, I can only tell you what I, the rule I follow to survive. That kind of people fall apart. we got guys, I know them right now, they've lost their church, lost their marriage and their family. They have a bunch of words for people, and they go haywire. He lost her family. And nothing they say come to pass. After a while, you destroy faith. But can God talk to you through somebody? Sure can. But you have to gather and knowing it's the Lord. You have to know. Even when I preach to you, you're supposed to judge. You're not wrong judging my preaching. You're right to judge it. It's your soul. If, if I give a prophecy up here, you're supposed to judge if it's of God or not. I can show you scripture for that. You must judge if it's of God or not. If a guy come and preach for us here, because I bring him here don't mean everything he says may be okay. You gotta judge. It's your soul. Remember that. It's your soul. But make sure your judgment is right. All right.
Okay. Commendations and condemnations. We are involved in commendation, not condemnation. Now, we see the converse, Matthew 28, 19. Carpenter Zachary, I see you sleeping on me. Wake him up. Carpenter Zachary, try to wake you up. Come here. That's right. God bless him. I don't mind sleeping right here. That's okay with me. Let him sleep here if he wants to. Come on, son. Come up here. Or let him sleep right there and anywhere else. Come here. Now, he, like all the, all the young boys, you know, young boys come up here too if they want to, but any one of these young kids here, the Bible says Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but is ministering to him. Think about it. God's impressing me about that. God can minister through Samuel when he didn't even yet know the Lord in his entirety. Well, how much do you think Zachary know the Lord? To some degree. He probably more than more than Samuel did. But Samuel was lighting the candle in the house of God. If 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 he had a ministry and not known the Lord, what about us that know the Lord? That's my point. Thank you, son. All right, think about it. You have a ministry. We all have one. I'm not talking about pulpit ministry. Understand that. Everybody out there in Pentecost thinks about pulpit, pulpit ministry. I'm not sure why they think that. <laughs> no, church. I'm not talking about pulpit ministry. If you want a congregation, go build one somewhere. That's a real. That's true. How about winning a soul? Look at this: the wise virgin versus the foolish virgin. I'm sure the difference between combination and, 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 and combination by Jesus Christ: the prophet of a servant, the unprophet of a servant, the fruitful fig tree, the barren fig tree, the invested, talented. Servants and those who buried it. Now look at look at the difference. Now the wise virgin of entry, the fools were locked out. The profitable servant were promoted, the unprofitable were demoted. The fruitful fig tree was useful and blessed, and remained. The barren was cursed and withered. The invested talented servants were accepted, rewarded, and the buried talent talented person was rejected. Now church. If this is not judgment to come, what is it? What, is it? what do you think that is? Sunday school story, you're wrong. I believe when I stand before God, you're going to judge me just like these guys right here. And He judges you too. Because that way, your preacher or saint is going to judge you along these lines. He's telling you before it happened, He's telling you how He's going to judge us. And some folks don't pay attention to it. Some are not even taught that. A lot of bench warmers. I would hate to be at ease in Zion, sitting on my knees. I'd rather be on my knees than on my knees in the church. I'd rather be, listen now, <laughs> be burnt out for church than be dusty in church. <coughs> no, sure. The wise, they're called wise. They instruct many, those who were commended. They turn men into righteousness. They were addicted to the ministry. They were profitable to the ministry. They were chosen. They've chosen a better part, God told Mary. Amen. And, and they were available. They were wise investors. And they were exploited. Now, on Sunday, we have a, a groundswell of saints, supposedly. You think so? Don't kid yourself. 
If you think God's impressed, you're dead wrong. You are so wrong to think of this. When God comes, He knows those who are good and faithful servants. You can't watch that. But let it be. Not always stop it either. Let it be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the, 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 those who were condemned, they said, My Lord, death is coming. The cares of this life eat them up. They were deceived by and choked by the sin of the riches, and they were slothful. Now, church, so I said, I don't live for God. Is Pastor Nemore spiritual than anybody? No! So how, how can we survive so far? I pay attention to these. That's what it is. I pay attention to it. I'm conscious of it. When I was in engineering, I had to pay attention to the laws of science. Otherwise, I wouldn't pass. Is that right? I had to apply them. If I didn't apply them, they wouldn't work. I had to memorize it. All right? Look at this. We are compassed by great self witnesses. The wise-hearted people. I think you should turn there. Daniel 12, 1 to 4. <coughs> now, I see some people dead in the last few years, and they're all dead, leave their cars behind, their trailer behind, and all the house behind. I thought, oh my God, look how much they left behind. The scriptures fulfilled. You take nothing out. And most of these guys, you couldn't drive their car, you couldn't touch whatever they got. And now we can spit on it, and there's nothing they can do. So I learned something. You know what? Give it all to Jesus. The things that I have and hold dear to my heart, they're not mine at all. They're just borrowed from God. I've learned. So I, I take a new attitude. It's better to give than to receive. Because only what you give for God is going to follow you. Praise the Lord. All right, the wise-hearted couples, couples in every church, Aquila and Priscilla. If I was, a, if you're a couple, I say to you, model after them, read about them. If you're a single woman, follow Darkus, touch lives. I'm giving examples to follow. If you're a single man in the church, follow Titus and Timothy. If you're a widow, follow Anna. Be involved in knee ministry. And she was involved in helping young women like Mary and her husband. I wonder if we got any young, any elderly women in our church we could trust with young people who just get married. What would they tell them? What kind of advice would they give them? Do we have any old men in the church who have these young boys and give them good direction? Or will they pass on to them rebellion? We lost a lot of kids. Lots. My people that mess up their mind. I wouldn't turn my kids over to anybody that's come by. No way. I wonder who's going to make my son and daughter. See, i got nothing to worry about. I'm not worried. But if I had them, they wouldn't touch them. They wouldn't talk to them without me knowing what they're talking about. And my kids wouldn't keep secret from me either. Law number one, you keep secret from me and I find out, boy, 
God up your SOL. Start putting you in there. Effective church. Saints in Thessalonica. When I say the church, I want you to be like that church. I'm giving an example to follow. I didn't say black any church in our district or in your UPCI. I don't know how God think about those guys, but I sure know how you think about the church in Thessalonica. I'm not comparing this church to other churches in our district or anywhere else. No way. I want to compare with those in the Bible. I know what God says. That's a standard. All right? They were useful, fruitful, and powerful. My God, what a church. I'm still turned on by those people. Amen. If you're, if you're in the men ministry at uh, Nakamun, that elder preached a message. My, it was a masterpiece. I, I said, man, every saint church has got to get that message. Not because I, I just, I'm biased, but I want you to hear it, church. Because that's what God told me is a secret for church growth. Man, he was just flowing. I didn't tell him what to preach. Just did what he, well, I wouldn't anyway. <laughs> okay, great team. Great team is where you have women praying together for each other, not gossiping and clawing, clawing each other. To get a bunch of women together, not talking about silly things, silly, call, them, call them silly women. I call them silly women, lady with sin. But we, we need, we need soul winning women, not silly women. When they get together, they, they compliment each other. Huh? Let me tell you, Fred, if your best friend is in the world, not in the church, something's wrong with you. Because, honey, you got to live eternity with these people. <clears throat> and if you can't eat down here, you're sure will eat up there. And if you think we're a bunch of hypocrites, friend, guess what? You're cursing God's bride. You're touching what he loves. So you, he, you're going to be messed up eventually. All right, great team. We're going to pray together for Peter. Praying for the preacher. Not eating him up for dinner. That's tough meat. Great team. Paul and Silas praying together. Two men get together and praying together and touching God. Or singing a song and the place start rocking. That's what we can sing. Or Tass said, Timothy, why can't men come together like these men? Come on now. I want to tell you, if you have a skill and you're the only person that has skill, then you're selfish. Your first job if you got talent, the rest of us don't have is to trade it with us. Multiply yourself. That's ministry. That's ministry. You know what you're doing? When you're dead, is still yet speaking. But if you gift die with your friend, or you take it off with on a holiday, my friend, then you hurt the church. If Paul didn't give us the epistle, how would we have a church today? Come on, folks. Hello. You know, I seen at the basket well, that young man taught those two girls to play. That's amazing. I'm just amazed. Those girls couldn't play nothing. Now they're playing in church. That is outstanding. That's awesome. I'm so impressed. Oh, my God. That's what you should be doing. Pass on your skill. Amen. All right. But these guys did. Seven deacons. Look at them. Seven. 
Well, the deke won't deke. Oh, my God. Deke is the deeks. They lighten the load of the apostles by serving the table. Now, if I was, if, if I was an usher, I'd make sure everybody comes to the door is, is blessed. I'll bless them coming in. God bless you. I'm glad you're here. I'll smile and carry on. If I was the PA man, I'd make sure this microphone is always ready to go before the preacher even touch it. I'll turn them before I even come and want it. I'll read from the one. I want, I'll make sure you have it before I even need it. Even never use it. I'm going to put it on there. If I was making tracks, I'd get tracks all ready long before it's ready. Why? Because I learned it from the Bible. These deacons here. That's what deacon does. Amen. Oh. Oh, my. You don't wait for the exam to study. You start for the exam. is watching you. He blessed those who does it on their own. And said to the servant, I ain't going to tell you thanks. You did what you were told to do. You didn't do nothing great. You did as you were told. Read the Bible. It says, when you bring in, he said, do you say, does he say to the servant, well, you know, uh, go sit, eat first and come and feed me after. He said, no, no. He says, I tell him to feed me first. And then, do I say thank you? He says, not so. He's a servant. But when you do what you're not asked to do, then the blessing comes. Lord, I miss you now. That's evangelism. Look at this. Effectual witnessing method. Jesus and the West Samaria. Look at wisdom. He sidestepped cultural, political, and religious haggling and get right to her needs. When he was done, friend, look what she did. Look what people do when you leave them. That tells you how effective you are. Some guy said, well, man, I preach a great sermon. I never feel like I preach a great sermon. I just don't. Oh, man, I feel like a great sermon. Man, this was... Yeah, but who was affected? Who got saved? Who got touched? That's the telltale right there. Amen. Paul and the disciples of John and Ephesus. How many think Paul knew they didn't have the Holy Ghost? Acts 19. Paul knew they didn't have the Holy Ghost. If he's going to say, boy, you bunch of failures. Don't you know that John taught you need the Holy Ghost? All these 20 years you haven't got What's wrong with you guys? Who messed you guys up? They would have rejected him. I don't believe that. But he was diplomatic. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you received? Did you believe? He knows the answer. But he wants them to think about it. That's diplomacy. Philip and the eunuch. God already told him. He said, hey, you eunuch, you ignoramus. God told me, you don't know what you're reading. I'm sent to help you. <laughs> Will that work? Now that's really something the gospel down my throat. <laughs> I got, I've been gagging on that one. <laughs> no! He said, hey, hi, how you doing? Great. Do you know what you're reading? Well, how can I? So friendly, so approachable, so therapeutic, so disarming. It was a sign of what? Charitableness. He wasn't going to take from him what he has. He's going to add to it. 
expound more clearly. Hello? Look up the married couple who want to pause. Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, my wife and I, we did a lot of tag team here in Edmonton. We win every time, most times. In fact, we always bring people to a point where they have to reject us or accept us. But never harmful. They're still my friends. Amen. We sat on there, we go after them. Hallelujah. We're a team. But I I I, I copied that team in the Bible, Aquila and Priscilla, from my from my life. I want my wife and I to be less like Aquila and Priscilla. Sometimes she leads, sometimes I leads. Don't matter me one bit. She's no threat to me. I'm probably more of a threat to her than she is to me. Thank you, Sister Neil. I heard you. <laughs> I was testing her spirit as she revealed it. <laughs> but look, folks, the married couple, they heard him talking. They knew he had some truth, but not all truth. Pull him home, offer him dinner, fed him good, and then ask him about the message. And it's palm, it says, expound more what? Clearly. Read the end of Acts 18. So more clearly, and he, re, he was so humble, he received it. And then he helped the church much. I mean, he came in the church, and Fred, he turned that church upside down. He became so eloquent and said, Oh! And some of you are going to be intimidated by people just coming to the church and, and are excited over what you're not excited over. I remember when I first came to the church, and I saw one God. I couldn't find nobody to rejoice with me. Okay, we, we always knew that. Well, not me. For me, it's fresh meat. It's delicious. I'm excited. At least, at least dance with me. Pretend if you have to. Oh, you, you know what I said? You soon calm down. Don't calm down! <laughs> so avoid me. I was too embarrassing. A little girl influences a Syrian king. Our kids are not afraid to witness. They're not afraid of weakness. Amen. That's not like it is. Sometimes too raw. Come on, folks. Look at this here. That was sensitivity. So Apollos and his wife, I mean, sorry, <laughs> a criminal Priscilla of influence, Apollos with influence. And this little youth influenced the Syrian king with sensitivity. And Andrew witnessed Nathaniel and with patience brought him. So if you're going to win a soul, ask God for wisdom. Ask God to teach you diplomacy, charitableness, influence, sensitivity, and patience. I'll say it one more time. The wisdom of Jesus at Samaria. The diplomacy of Paul at Ephesus. And Philip, amen, is charitableness. Amen. And the married couple, Aquila and Priscilla, how they influence Apollos to be, to be, be reconverted to the right message. And the little girl, just with sensitivity, said, Oh, I wish to God. I wish to God he would do this. I know he'd be healed. Do you feel that way about your God? That you know? You know that much? But they go down there, they're going to find the answer. 
So folks said, well, I can't bring folks to this church because if I did, you know, I don't know how they'll be treated. At least run the risk and bring them. Run the risk. Better you run the risk and never, never bring them and the gospel hid from them. That hypocrite you're worried about may have in church that day because you're scared of them the man to your, to your convert. Andrew. Nathaniel was sarcastic. Can any good thing come out of that mess? You, Andrew, come and see. Uh, and he came and he saw Jesus. He said, boy, you are the Messiah. Jesus said, what are you talking about? You ain't seen nothing yet. I've had people said to me before, I don't want someone to come to my house anymore, I'm anymore. I, they came to me here, my kid was sick, and all they had in their mind was that chart. That chart. Friend, your heart means well on the chart. Compassion, care, mercy, charity, sensitivity, there to heal. You know, there's a preach. Please don't talk in tongues because they got, they got no uh, translator for you there, please. Oh, God! Assassinate them. No, no resuscitate them, God. No. Assassinate them? No, God, don't do that. Burn them up, God. No, don't do that. You pray for them. Now, how to fail in witnessing? Here's how you do it. Let me teach you how to fail. If you want to fail in soul winning, this is guaranteed. I promise you, door will be slamming your face. They're going to tell you don't come back and hang up on you. Number one, when you're choked with the care of this life, you just can't wait for the quit stage you can go home. Hello? And go buy a lot of 649. The care of this life. Well, I gotta go to work tomorrow early in the morning. I'm telling you, my friend, you may die tonight. I don't care how early you go to work tomorrow morning. You may not wake up tomorrow morning. Your work should never be a reason for you to run home from church. I know some people. I don't want to give away things here. I was. They didn't care what part of the service it was. When the clock eat a certain time, they, they go to their, to their hubby. And they tiptoe and go, man. They, they got to go feed that, whatever they got. And I watched it very disrespectful. Every service, they've done that. You know what? They to die leaving those things behind. And when they die, they die questionable. And all that, the person who buried them was not a oneness preacher either, was a Trinitarian preacher. Amazing. Amazing. Makes, I mean, there's some bad stuff I want to talk about. God, when you come to that door to worship God, do not have any agenda besides. Don't have no plans. None. This may be your last day on earth and all the plans you have won't work you know because this could be your last night could be mine too 
And if you had known that, it would be a lot different. We didn't know. So, we come to church. Some folks say, my kids can't go to school, da-da-da, and da-da-da. I never said all the time, and all over the place. Every time those kids end up failing God. You don't know this. Dr. Wilson told me he was going to put his kids into, into a church school. And God said to him, don't do it. I'm surprised he didn't tell you that. Got three girls. They're all virgins. One getting married this week, sometime. Virgins. Lord said to him, And how will they witness for me to sinners? How will they reach sinners? And how will they witness for me? He said, Okay, God. Now, he said he lived in Detroit where there's gunfighting all the time, wickedness. He said, my girls get persecuted, but they also win girls, all those girls from their school. Win them all. He said, my, my church is full of people my girls won to the Lord. My church is full of them. And they're coming in by the many. But the Terry, he won hundreds at school. You know something, the church kids? When they get old, you know what they do? They do worse than the sinner kids. They go to extreme like you've never seen. As if a bird let out of a cage. They got to explore every filthy nasty sin there is. And most preachers' kids don't live for God. And they all go to church school. You know what it is? The message is do not. Isolate them. Insulate them. They need to face the real world and see what they're made of. Because Satan will get into your school like any other place. And then you're raising for kids who does not know how to handle the world. And every Tom, Dick, and Harry come by them and sell them drugs and not going to go for it. Because they want to experiment. What is it like? Hello? That's all our parents. Do not waste your career trying to homeschool your kids. Make it do what you want. I'm going to tell you what to do. But when you do it, and you pamper them, and when you put them out there, they don't know what to do. Hello? Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house. And when he came of age, what Mama told him stood the test of time. I want to say, but you can do what you want. It's not my kid. It's yours. Do what you want if you like. It's amazing how church kids can hide and do some terrible, abominable things. My question is, where do they learn it from? Where do they get those things from? I thought he cut them off from the world. No. You will never, God sent us into the world. It takes the salmon of God to keep me from the world as a save that guy in the world. Alright. How do fair witness sing? Members. Choked by care of this life. Another way, when the church practice segregation. Well this church don't want your kind, you know. And you label this church by your by your tribal system or your, 
the national system. Whatever you, whatever you do, you know, like Cornelius' conversion, they were men, exclusivity. The church was men. They weren't glad he got saved. They were angry. Read Acts 11. Peter's racism at Galatia. Couldn't eat with those other people because he says, what, if I did, you know, they're Gentiles. And Paul rebuked him. John's hostility towards Samaritans. Burn them up because they disagree with us. <coughs> Folks disagree with us don't mean they won't come and get saved later on. And if Jesus had listened to them, they wouldn't revive at all. They were stereotyping them. Don't stereotype people. You never win them. All right? The priests of the Levites, they were insensitive to the need of the wounded. They were inhospitable. We find also the unprofitable servant. Look at this here, man. He had the message, but he bared it. Ignore those that were sick. Wouldn't touch those that were naked. The stranger ignored. He didn't use his time at all. But he find fault with his boss. I know you're an austere man. And when God said to me, but Pastor Neil, how can I when it's not mine? <laughs> I mean, you're put there to do that job. Well, it's not, he says, not mine, so why should I do it? He's buried his town, right? That's what he's doing. All right? Over here, discipleship. Disciple, we find here, they're a partisan. Hello? I'm a Paul. I'm Apollos. A sure way to break up a church. Hello? If you want to compete, you're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong place. We don't need your competition. We're not political. We're Christians. We're to complement each other. We're not competing with anybody. If you can play better than me, fine, go ahead. I'd like you I'd like to play all the it falls off. Go ahead, play. You want to see what than me? Go ahead. But if I squat, God still receives it. God says, make it joyful. He liked my noise. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right? Look over here. Then the, the Jews who think they were better than other nations. Is that right? And God said, no, you're not. Don't say Abraham is your father. Therefore, you got more rights. God said, no, you're not entitled. He spew you out like everybody else. And he did. Now, folks, how do we win souls? Psalms 126, verse 5 and 6. Go there, please. Is this all right? Praise God. You know, folks said, you're crazy. Remember those kids preach? No, they're not. No, if they can do bad, they can do good too. Hello. If they can curse, they can bless too. Hello. Come on, church. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. How do we end souls? Well, you go weeping, sowing. God says, shall return, doubtless, rejoicing. And the Lord add to the church such as shall be saved. Why? Because they sow seeds of kindness. It impacted others. The good Samaritan spirit. We need that spirit. We need the sure mercies of David to be merciful. That wins souls. We need to respond. Amen. To a city who is superstitious, like our city, be moved with compassion. Amen. Be concerned over the lost. Why do you think I got my study on suicide to go to that city to go teach to them? 
I want to let them know that God did visit them through preaching His saints. They may not receive it, but that's okay. But I was there. Make sure they were. There. I was there because I know the message. I can't hold this thing on the to myself. What good is it in my office? Get out there and talk for Jesus. All right. Given to hospitality. Oh, thank you, God. Like Aquila and Priscilla. Amen. And one in the Bible called Gaius. Gaius is the guy who is very, very open. Alright? Hospitable. Right? Now, another way is like Dorcas. She touched lives. She was charitable. If I were you guys, I'd write this down. Okay, you want to win the souls? I'm showing you how to do it. Learn how to do it, how not to do it. It pays to follow good advice. Another, another man called Timothy. Paul said he cared naturally. Amen. He had, unf- he had unfeigned love. He wasn't false in his love. He was real. He was genuine. Some folks said, I love his lip service. They're lying. They hate you like a book of that. No, like you. They're lying. When you say you love somebody, mean it. Or don't say it and go to hell over it. <laughs> Hello? All right. All right. Stand united. I like this. The eleven stood up together with Peter. Isn't that beautiful? Why can't you stand with somebody who's leaning? Doesn't matter who's leaning. Amen. We want to have the, 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 the image of the what? The northern geese. Doesn't matter who's leaning. Hello? I'm going to meet next week. I'm not the one leading. I'm going to be sitting right there giving my input again. I'm not there to tear it down or to criticize. No. I'm going to bless. You're not always going to be in a leadership position. The best job in the church is fellowship. Because that makes a difference. Think about it. Amen. Now, folks. Come here, young girl. Hell. Come here, sister Anisha. Say, Alexander, come here, please. Hey, baby. Come here. Hallelujah. Her dad going to be safe. Her good dad. Both of them going to be safe. Whole family. Come here, sister. Stand over there, please. Alexander, my favorite. I want you to point your finger at her. Real. Oh, yes. I can see something. That's good. That's good. Give her a hand. Okay. Go, 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 go tell your mom. So she, she told me off. No. You're messing up my sermon. <laughs> Don't say that. I want, I want you to bring her, bring her to her. And says to Sister Alexander, I want you to apologize to what you did to my daughter. Go on, say it. Tell her that. Now, hold it right now. Can you imagine that, folks? If this ever happened, we'd just destroy her. We'd just kill her. At no time should that ever happen. You know, in the Caribbean, when we were kids growing up, anybody could, 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 could chastise us. And I couldn't go tell my mom or my sister or my brother. Because, boy, and it, it, it seemed like I was always wrong. Even I thought I wasn't wrong. <laughs> hey, but I got done for my trouble, right? But those days need to come back. Because kids can go off in a tank and hurt. And the worst thing you want to do, see, a teacher avoid your kid. Because if you ever go to school in Jamaica, I know, and tell those teachers off, your kid is marked for life for failure. 
they tell each other and they will not teach her thank you so I teach them take candy to your teachers and flowers bless them alright so here we go folks act of kindness seed of kindness seed of mercy seed of concerns genuine concerns be hospitable being charitable love which is a gap we love amen standing united one accord hurry on here folks Now, look at this here. Alright? When you compare us to these standards, I want to be compared to this. I will not compare myself to no other church. I travel all over. They've got, they got big churches, small churches, talented churches. I don't feel no more anointing there than here. In fact, I feel more anointing here than there, honestly. But look at this, folks. We want to change or, or addicted to the ministry. But I, I was promised by the Lord that in the last day before he come I'm going to get some saints going to visit this church they're going to run with my desire don't get mad don't kill their spirit don't attack them I said you're trying to get past these attention God bless them yes I'm glad they got it I want them to do it amen men and women come in here see my knees and God talked to them and they fulfilled those needs. <laughs> and they fulfilled those needs. Let them do it. Don't mess with them. If I know, I'll, I'll fight for them. You've had your chance. Let them do it now. Alright? They cared naturally. Alright? We saw a lady come to church. She's coming. She used to clean the church a lot. And some old lukewarm saints that would say, You're trying to become Pastor Nee's favorite. Why not? I need everybody to be my favorite. I don't need no enemies. I need friends. What's wrong with them doing that? You know what? They kill that person's spirit from doing what they're doing. It happened with Jesus. This girl came in the house of the Lord. I mean, the house of this guy who was treated as bad. And she poured this oil on Jesus. They said, that's a waste. He said, no, that's worship. Let me tell you something, friend. Sometimes denominal people come to one that's Pentecostal. And they're so excited. They carry the same respect they had for their preacher back to the church. Hello? And they always want to wash their feet. Hello? When others is gossip, and hurt each other, thank God he can send us some some role model, someone addicted to the ministry, someone who cares naturally. Follow, please. All right, make sure it's going to be read, and that from you sounded out the word of God. Right, and they're wise-hearted, and they are profitable. My God, when you are church. You expect the day is going to come, you're going to wear a crown, a gown, and a throne. I believe that's going to happen to people. Now, there's some people going before us. I don't know how many gone to heaven. I got my doubts, and some I wish I had my wishes, but I can't tell where they're gone. I don't know. But I hope they're going to be with Jesus. It's going to be based on these things. All right, getting late. I quit. 
I'm sorry, folks. I can't teach serious. I'm not from Hollywood, okay? <laughs> I'm not from Hollywood, okay? Okay. Why God saved you? To be an ambassador. Right? He said, go! It's a command. It's a commission. Ye! I mean, you're called. I mean, sir, madams. In all the world. That's a mission. That's your vision. He said, go teach and make disciples of them. Go baptize them. Now, how are you going to do all these things? The church is going to teach you how to do those things. you got to learn how to do them. How do you pass the driving test? You study the manual. And now I want you to study Emmanuel. I don't think you folks heard me. Amen. All right? Teach them, the new converts, mentorship them. Teach the new convert to observe what you do, holiness living and dressing. Teach them what? All that I command you, role model, obedience. That's what Jesus said. You know what he said? Jesus wanted to do these things. Teach the new convert, right, by mentoring them. Hello? Teach them how to observe what you're doing. All right? They should copy you. There's one more page that we're over. I'm going to be finishing here. God sent you into a corrupt world. The R is missing. The O R L D. Okay? The R missing there. For all you grammarians, I'll put it in there for you. All right? Go to all the world. We're going to find there scorpions, snakes, wolves, vipers. Do you know all those can be tamed? They can be tamed in Jesus' name. And look at this, folks. Turn from the power of Satan to what? The power of God. Acts 26, 40-15. Let's stand. I'm going to finish no matter what. Let's stand. I'm going to finish regardless of where I'm at. Not to finish here. It's getting late. I can tell your eyes that you. It's not dreamy eyes, it's sleepy eyes, okay? Look at this, folks. There's hope for the barren tree. Anybody here tonight that feel like, Lord, Lord, I'm not fruitful, I'm not useful, you should be concerned. Luke chapter 13, 8 says, cut it down. Right? But somebody said, don't do it. Don't do it, Lord. Let me dig around some more. There's hope for you and me. We've got to win somebody. Please don't go to God empty-handed. I'm begging in the name of Jesus. Talk. Now, if they don't get saved, you've done your part. But if you don't talk for Jesus, and they don't get saved, you're responsible. Now, look at this, folks. We see those that were rejected and those that were recovered. Look at this. One time John Mark was rejected as unprofitable. Acts 15, 36-39. Paul rejected him. But with the help of Barnabas, he was restored. You see right here? He's now what? Profitable. St. Timothy 4.11. You can be restored to fruitfulness. Alright? We see Onesimus, Philemon, verse 11. He was unprofitable. Amen. 
but he got touched by Paul and now he's profitable. Everybody in this church can have a recovery tonight. You see, well, I don't know the weakness. Somebody who knows how, take someone who don't know how and work with them. Amen. And the first thing, listen. And then after you listen, then have a chance to say a word here and there and they can be a part of what you're doing. All right? Now, this here is the last one I believe it is. Thank God. Is that no it's not the last one? I'm crying hard. There are four there are four hearts among the kingdom of God. The wayside, the stony, the thorny, the good ground. Satan robbed the first seed on the wayside. So he can become of no value. Look at Judas. No value. Never robbed his heart. Plucked up by the root. Look at this one here, the stony ground. See, and as a Sapphira, as an accomplishment, they were plucked up. They could have been useful, right? But something got in their way and they got messed up. What happened to them? Messed up. No fruit. Got withered away. The choked, the choked heart, or the choky ground, is the choked up ground rather, is those that were deceived and, and entangled by work. Hey, folks, you can't work enough overtime to get rich. <laughs> Don't do it. The devil got so many deceived there. And then they lose their soul. You're just fattening the purse of the government. But you yourself not going to get any of it. And by the time, you know, most guys when they retire, they die. Because God says, I'm in control. You're not in control. And do they have to die? No. But they leave God out. And God says, I'm going to teach you the scripture. You're going to die tonight. And they leave all that money somebody else who's lazy <laughs> hello Demas made a bad choice went back in the world loved this present world forgotten the world to come and was deceived and choked and brought no fruit but look over here church the good ground that's what you are right you're the good ground thank God for that give yourself a hand clap <laughs> praise God bring forth fruitful useful plentiful Amen. And we are the 11th hour believer in church. That's what we are. Fruit bearing church. Now I'm going to confess to you. I believe you're doing a great job. But we're going to do a greater job this time. We're going to do a greater job. Amen. You know I'm doing a great job? Because the sun has seen it. I see the fruit of your labor. You're touching lives. You're touching people. Now folks, I gave you this before. This is... I've been seeing this before. It's called Sound Ministry. I've been seeing this before. I've been seeing this. Some of you are saying no. You all got it. Didn't you all got it? So I know where it is in your, in your home. 513 in that blue dustbin that they put outside. Put the garbage out, right? The garbage pile <laughs> in that blue dustbin. That's where it's at. That's where I saw it. See? It's in the dustbin, you know? By the city dump somewhere down there. You can find it down there. Well... This book here is one of the best books ever written since God makes sliced bread. It tells you how to go door-to-door witnessing. You have no excuse because that's what? The procedures are given here. And I did this because when I came to church, I didn't know how. And I'm passing on to you what I know how. And it covers everything about ministry here. So you don't, you don't need a pulpit ministry, but you need a kitchen table ministry. Hello? At the kitchen to ministry. Praise God.
Well, it says you're reading a new soul in your living room. My God. In your what? In your living room. It goes in there. Here are the tools I give to you here. Public evangelism. Home, home business evangelism. Door to door. Tell you how to dress. How to bless. How to be used of God. It's all here. In point form. If you belong to other religion, they probably teach you how to do it. Like I'm doing right also. So it's not that you don't have the tools. You do have the tools. I say hallelujah. Well, I want to tell you what I just did a while ago. Today, I bought a baptismal over overcoat. Because I expect to baptize a whole lot more people. I, I was, I was, I'm going to be splashing people so many times, I don't want to go home soaked. <laughs> I've already been baptized. I told one girl today when I buy the sticks, she says, she says, I've already been baptized. The lady, that's a song. I said, when are you coming to baptize you? She says, well, well, well. And she made a mistake and said something to me. I said, look, lady, I can tell you were sprinkled. Well, here I'm going to get you wet. <laughs> I'm going to get you wet all the way. Try to pray to Jesus. Church, I must confess, you are doing a great job. I did not teach because you're not doing it. But you know what? A Ukrainian joke says. You want to hear it? The cows that produce the most milk get whipped the most. <laughs> so, I'm whipping you more <laughs> for more milk. Hello? Hello? How are we going to bring more milk for Jesus? Let's see those hands. Church, we are aiming for a full house. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the last few counts. I'm waiting for those counts still. I guess the ballot box is still out there. I'm waiting for it. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for our children. We want what's best for them. We know they're good children.